0: Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. Our episode today is from our series, What's in Your Wallet? When you look inside your wallet, what do you see? Most of us, if we're honest, would like to see just a little bit more. Yet everything we have is a gift from God, and His Word has a lot to say about how we steward this gift. We hope you enjoy.
1: There was a young man who had lived in a big city his entire life. And as he grew into adulthood, he desired a slower paced type of life. So he he sold his home and he decided to move to rural South Dakota and he bought a small farm. And and then one day he, he went into town and he went to the local feed and livestock store and he went and talked to the owner about his new adventure. He knew nothing about farming obviously and he wanted to grow and share that. So the the owner was excited for him and he suggested the best way to get started in farming would be for this young man to purchase 100 chickens. The owner encouraged him to say, they should produce enough eggs that you should earn some money and kind of get your feet wet in the farming business. So the young man thought this was a great idea. So he excitedly bought these 100 chickens from the owner. About a week later, this young man came back and he asked to purchase 100 more chickens, to which the owner was like, wow, you must be doing really well. And the young man dropped his head and said, no. He said, I didn't get any eggs from that last batch of chickens. But he said, I think I planted them too close together. Now, if you're not laughing, you're not. You're not from the farm, probably. No. <laughs> and if you're watching online, we want to say welcome home. We hope you stick around after jokes like that. Uh, we've been in a series called "What's in Your Wallet," where we've been walking through about what God's Word says about what's in our wallet. And I just want to keep saying this: it's not a series on money. It's all about perspective. What do you see when you look inside your wallet? And if you Again if you're a guest I'd encourage you To go to our website Yankton.church You can also go to Our YouTube channel as well And watch the rest Of our series Um, The website is a great way To help people Who maybe aren't Comfortable coming in person Or maybe aren't ready To set foot in a church yet But they can get Connected to that as well But I'd encourage you If you're watching right now Or listening um, to our podcast I would encourage you To stop right now And go back And listen to week one If you haven't already Done that Because week one Was really our foundation That we laid When you build a house, when you build a building, you have to lay a solid foundation. And if you don't, the house won't stand. And week one was all about the foundation, about looking at our stuff. And how everything that we own is a gift from God. And God gives it to us on loan. He gives it to us with a purpose. And he gives it to us to be responsible for. And that's the foundation that we need to have. And last week, we learned about the secret of contentment. We talked about how we live in a world that teaches us how to chase a rabbit that we will never, ever catch. And how we need to stop doing that because it's exhausting. And it's also very, very expensive. And that was last week. And next week, we're going to wrap up this series. And I'd encourage you to come. Again, if you're watching online, make sure you tune in. Because next week is going to be pretty powerful. But, but to kind of close up, and, I, and one more time, I want to tell you, as, as your pastor, I have the goal for you. is to say, I really want to teach you how and that's what financial peace is, we've been talking about. But I really hope that I've been encouraging you that you can do it. I know finances can be scary. I know it can be intimidating. But I want you to know that God gives us good gifts. And we have a wonderful, wonderful church here that can help us do that. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to Luke 8. That's where we're gonna be at today, Luke chapter 8. And if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'd love to get you one. There's also a free app called YouVersion available on any smartphone or device. As well. But in Luke 8, Jesus shares a lesson with the people about farming. He tells about a farmer who is planting. Now, whenever we look at something that Jesus teaches, we always need to think about the audience he's talking to. This is in the first century, and farming then looked a lot different than farming does now. Now as we're getting ready in our season here in South Dakota to, to go to spring planting, you know we have the big tractors and the big planters and all the big equipment. Well, of course, none of that existed back then. Back then when a farmer wanted to plant, um, he had to go out with a bag of seed and he had to actually plant all the seed by hand himself. And the stakes were a lot higher back then because back then they didn't have a Hy-Vee or a Walmart to run to. If the crops didn't grow, the farmer starved or had no way to pay his bills. to feed his family. So I want you to think about that context as we look at Luke chapter 8. And I'm going to start in the fifth verse. Jesus is talking here. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. If you got your note sheet, I want you to go ahead and take it out. Um, this is that sheet that we have on your chairs on the back side, it's blank. There's a reason for that, because we want you to write on that and see that. If you're watching online, grab a pen and a paper, there's a couple things that we need to talk about sewing. Because I don't think we understand the concept of sewing. So, so to start off with, I'm going to give you the first fact about sewing. You have to sew to grow. You have to sew to grow. Now you might say, that's not very brilliant. Exactly, it's pretty simple, right? You have to sew to grow. Everything starts with just a seed. Every dream, every idea, every relationship. But don't miss this, church. If the seed is never planted, the dream is never granted. If you don't take the time to plant the seed, nothing is going to grow. We go back to my little joke from before about the guy on the roof, right, waiting for something to come by. So many times I hear people say, I'm just waiting on God. I'm praying about this. I wonder how many times God's waiting on us. I wonder how many times God says, listen, you have to sow in order to grow. I'm going to give you some examples. If you feel lonely, if you feel like you don't have any friends, my question is, you need to go out and sow friendships. Are you sowing friendships? If you, if you want to get a better job and make more money, are, are you sowing hard work at the job you have now? Or are you sowing the seeds to go out and find a job or build those relationships to help find that? If you want to experience love, are you sowing love in the people around you? Can I just add, even if they don't deserve it? Are you sowing love? Because you have to sow in order to grow. See what I think is often too too often we want God to do something that we're just not willing to do ourselves. And God is wanting us to step out and find it for ourselves. See, that's what the Bible calls faith. And in Hebrews, the Bible says, it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you know that? We need to sow. Faith is sowing seeds that you don't know what's going to happen. But you still trust in God. You have to sow in order to grow. So my question to you this morning is, where do you need to sow? And if you're not sure about that question, I'll, I'll ask a better question. Where did you wish in your life would grow? <laughs> is there an area of your life that you wish would grow? Then I'm going to encourage you, start sowing there. That's the place where God wants you to start sowing. Because in order to grow, you first have to sow. Here's the second thing you need to know about sowing. What you sow is what will grow. What you sow is what Will grow. Now, we're going to ask a couple questions here. If I went out this spring and I went to a garden and I planted corn seeds in the ground, what would grow? It's not a sure question. What will grow? Corn, right? Yeah, corn. if I plant corn, corn's going to grow. Good job, church. All right. If I go out and I plant beans, what's going to grow? seeds right, right? Now, if I go out on my farm and I plant chickens, what's going to grow? <laughs> I was just seeing if you paying attention, Not right? <laughs> Nothing what's going to grow if plant chicken. Here's why I'm saying that. What you sow is what you'll grow. Galatians 6, verse 7 says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What are you sowing? Because what you're sowing is what you're growing. Are you sowing seeds of gossip? Now, I know gossip is one of those things that we all think we never do, but yet the the standard of gossip is if they're not in the room and it's not positive, that's gossip. It's one of the things God hates, right? Do you sow seeds of gossip and then you wonder why there's backstabbing that happens? How about this? Do you sow seeds of criticism? Are you critical of others or situations? Because if you sow that, you know what's going to grow? An ungrateful attitude. Last week, we talked about envy and looking at other people and comparing ourselves. If you sow those seeds, guess what's going to happen? Discontentment. You won't be satisfied with what you've been given. And church, I'm going to say something, and this might hurt, but I love you, and this comes out of love. If your life right now is not where you want it to be, then it's a result of what you've sown. Now, you might say, well, so-and-so did, and I'm not going to argue with that. There are sinful, broken people who make sinful, broken decisions, and that do, does impact our life. I'm not going to deny that. But we always, always can control our response. We do reap what we sow. Look at what Hosea 10 13 says. But you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil, you have eaten the fruit of deception. So, my question today with this is what are you sowing? Or a better question to look at is, when you look at your life, what do you see growing? (laughs) Do you see some things growing in your life that you're not okay with? And if you are, start sowing something different. Because what you plant, what you sow, is what you will grow. What you sow is what will grow. Here's the third fact about sowing we need to understand. You are the sower, not the grower. You are the sower... Not to grow. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, was a church planner. And God got a hold of his life, and he would travel all around the first century to these different communities, and he would plant churches. One of the communities that he planted a church in was a, church, a community called Corinth. He had gone there and planted a church, and he raised up a guy by the name of Apollos. And when Paul moved on to the next church to plant, he put Apollos in charge of the church in Corinth. It's very similar to what happened with Rod and Tyleen Holman and myself in Lake Andes. I was in Lake Andes for a year. Many of you remember that. I was pastoring the church there, raising up Rod. And then I, I left and empowered Rod and Tyleen. Now they're pastoring Lake Andes. It's the same model. See, we're, we're not inventing we're not something new. It's been going on since the first century. <laughs> That's how that works. Why do I tell you that story? Because in the church in Corinth, there got to be some fighting. Which that never happens in church, right? We never disagree, Do we? <laughs> And there were some people in the church that were saying, I listen to Apollos, because he's our guy. And there were some people that were saying, well, I listen to Paul, because he was the guy that started it. And the Apostle Paul had to actually write a letter to the church to help correct this. And this is what he wrote, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? And in verse 6, this is the point that I want you to get. I planted the seed, Paul talking. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. God is the grower. We are the sower. There have been so many people who have invested in my life. I'm so grateful for the time that they've invested in my life. There's done a lot of great things. But I'm just going to tell you something. They don't get any of the credit. You know why? (laughs) Because God's the grower. And whoever's invested in your life they might have sown that seed into you, but God is what causes the growth. And here's where I think we struggle with that. I don't think we understand who God is. I don't think we understand how powerful our grower is. And I'll just bring it back to finances for a second. And I've said this before, but I keep saying it. If you have a financial problem, your problem isn't finances. Your problem is that you're not trusting the grower. God is the grower. That is what our faith needs to say. So, in helping you out with this, I want to give you three facts about our grower. And what I mean by that when I say that is our God. Because I think we need to understand more about who our God is and the grower that we're doing it. Here's the first one. Our God is faithful. He is faithful. Every farmer knows that once you go and plant, you plant in one season and then you harvest in another. You put the seed in the ground. Again, this is a simple idea, but I don't think we get it. You put the seed in the ground, you cover with dirt, and then you wait (laughs) in faith that what you planted is going to grow. There's an entire crop called winter wheat. Again, if you're not a farmer, you might not know this, but but in the fall of the year, they actually go out and plant this wheat, and then it sits all winter long. And it doesn't grow at all until the springtime. And once the springtime comes, this plant actually wakes up and starts growing again. It's a phenomenal thing. And, and every, planter, every farmer who plants winter wheat knows it's not going to grow for a while. It's going to be set in winter and it'll grow in the spring. Galatians 6.9 says this. Let us not become weary of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And can I just get personal for a minute, church? I think specifically in our church here in Yankton sometimes, we might have looked around lately and we might not have seen the kind of growth that maybe we wanted. Can I just be honest as a pastor? I haven't really seen the growth that maybe I wanted to do. But, but you know what God has shared with me right now? We're in a season of winter. Those, those seasons happen. Right now there's not a lot of planting going on outside, is there? <laughs> but can I help you with something? In about a month, the snow is going to melt. Things are going to start growing again. Things are going to start perking up again. To everything, there is a season. And church, can I just go on record in saying this? And if you're watching online, I want you to hear this from the bottom of my heart. Spring is about ready to come. I believe that in the spirit of God, that our spring is about ready to come. And just to kind of reinforce that, if you're part of Celebrate here in Yankton, I want you to write a date down, March 7th. March 7th, which is two weeks from right now. March 7th, we're going to have a, a little time together as a church family. I'll give you more details as it gets a little closer. But we're going to have a conversation because I believe with all my heart, spring is coming. I believe God is about to do something in our church and through the life of our church that's going to impact every single one of us and our community in a way that'll never happen before. And, and as you may know, right now, we're in a season as a church, our, our global church is in the season of called Lent. Lent is six weeks before Easter. This Easter is Sunday, April 4th. And that's going to be Easter Sunday. And, and in this season, we're going to talk about how, as a church, we're going to prepare for what God's going to do when spring comes. Because I believe it's coming, church. And, and you know why? Because my God is faithful. That's the first thing you need to know about God. God wants this church to thrive more than anyone in this room, including yours truly. And God is faithful. God called Elaine and I here for a purpose. And that's a purpose we are, we are standing firm on. And not on our own understanding our own strength, but on God's strength. Why? Because my grower is faithful. Here's the second thing we need to understand about our grower, our God. He is fruitful. He is fruitful. You might have heard the old adage where he says, Anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but only God knows the number of apples in a seed. That little seed can produce so many things. Our God is fruitful. The very first thing God told man in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, He told them to be fruitful and multiply. When Noah came out of the ark with all the animals in his family, God gave him a command. He said, be fruitful and multiply. When God said to Abraham, you're going to have a son even though you're old, and I'm going to grow you into a great nation, and you're going to spread all over the face of the earth. When Moses came out of Egypt with the children of Israel and they went to the promised land, God gave them the command again, be fruitful and multiply. When Joshua took over from Moses, as they entered and claimed the promise that God gave Moses, he said, go and be fruitful and multiply. And Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed, he said to his disciples, go and be fruitful and multiply. A good tree will bear good fruit. And multiply and multiply In John 14, John says Why am I saying that? Because I believe our God is a God of multiplication We will never be able to outgive God He is a God that wants to just blow our mind and, and I'm not just talking financially Please don't hear me say that What I mean is God wants about growth in his kingdom Look again at the words of Jesus in Luke 8:8. Still other seeds fell on the good soil And it came up yielding a crop. A hundred times more than what was sown. Did you read that, church? One little seed and a hundred times more came out of that. When I look around this room and when I think about the people who I know are watching online, I look at the seed that God's planted in your heart. And the question I ask myself is, how many are going to come from that? Because my God is a fruitful God. My God is a fruitful God. And that's His desires for His kingdom to thrive But we get confused sometimes because we think that our job is to grow the seed, right? We talked about that. We have two jobs, and you might want to write these down. Our job is to sow, and our job is to harvest. We've been in a season of sowing. And can I just say this? For for the three years that Elaine and I have been in Yankton right now, we've done a lot of sowing. (laughs) And we've seen a lot of growth. We've seen that too. But then our job is to help with the harvest too when it comes in. Here's the third thing you need to know about my God. My God is forgiving. He is forgiving. For some of us, and and maybe some of you who are watching online right now, maybe your finances are a complete mess. Maybe they're a complete disaster. And and I have a word for you. If you're in that boat, I I have a word for you that I want to share with you. I love you. And and what I need you to do is you need to forget about last year's crop (laughs) because it's a new season. My God is planning a new season. Psalm 126. Verse 6, this is what it says. Those who go out weeping and carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. There's a lot in that verse to understand. But but when you come to God and you're in pain or you're in hurt and you lay it at His feet, you're going to leave with songs of joy. That's the hope that we have. That's why I get up and I come Sunday morning. I don't know why you come Sunday morning. I don't know why you tune in and watch When you're doing or or listen to it, it's because that's what my God can do. My God is a forgiving God, He can come through that. Can I just say this? Mourning is okay. In the Bible, there are seasons where we have to mourn. But, But can I add one more thing to that? Moaning is not okay. Weeping is biblical. Jesus wept. There's seasons of weeping, but you know what isn't biblical? Whining. Whining is not biblical. Our God is a forgiving God. And if you're in a tough spot right now, you need to accept it. You need to embrace it. And then you need to start planning for the new crop that my God wants to do with you. You know, Elaine and I, this summer, we'll be celebrating our 20 years of marriage. Man, it's hard to believe that. 20. Thank you. Amen. 20 years of marriage. It's it's crazy to think about that. And, And I'm 43 years old. And I just want to say this, like Elaine and I, when we're talking about our finances and stuff, we made a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of things that I wish we could have done differently, just like Jason and Amy talked about as well. And God willing, and I just want to share some stuff that's going on in my own life just to kind of help you understand that. I don't stand up here because I've got everything figured out. I stand up here because I'm, I hope I continue to grow and I hope I continue to learn all the way through my life. But, but it occurred to me a couple months ago that Elaine that and I have been married 20 years. And in 20 years from right now, I'm going to be 63 years old. Now, for some of you, that might be depressing. You go, 63, that's pretty good. But it actually wasn't for me. And this is what I want to understand how I choose to see it. See, what I what I made the decision was is what I do today, how is what I'm going to do today going to impact me when I'm 63 years old? Well, what are the seeds that I want to sow now that when I get to be 63 years old? Because I know I'm not going to be able to do this for the rest of my life. There's going to come a point where I I can no longer pastor this church. What's that going to look like for me? And so what Elaine and I have done is we've made a decision. Um, There's a guy who I love dearly. Um, He's actually not part of Celebrate Church. Um, He's a a faithful believer. Um, I love this guy. Uh, He doesn't live in Yankton. But what I'm telling you this is because um, we're going to help. We're going to meet with this guy, and he's going to help us with our financial planning and, and planning for our future. And I just want to tell you something. I've tried to do that myself and I'm not that great at it. <laughs> And if you're in the same boat, you need to find somebody like this guy. Somebody you trust. Somebody that you can go to and you can be honest. You can be open. Maybe it's Jason and Amy. They'd be a great resource if you don't have one. And just say, hey, what's my next 20 years gonna look like? And why I'm saying that is because, think about it. Lane and I have been together, been married for 20 years. 20 years from now, that's double So everything that we've done since we've been married Now, we have that time until we're 63 You think we can accomplish a lot in that time? I look back at the last 20 years, I think, man, we could do some pretty cool things But here's where I think And you guys know, I think things about things differently, right? So, yeah, we get to 63 What about 20 years from then? 20 years from then, Elaine and I are going to be 83 years old Right? And we will have been married at that point 60 years That's double what we've been together now What do I want our life to be like at 83 years old? And and then, like you said, you guys know I'm a little weird, right? So I started thinking again. I said, what about 20 years from then, right? Now, Elaine and her family, they live a long time, so that's actually possible. They might get to be 103 years old. How cool would it be for Elaine and I to be 103 years old and we've been married 80 years? Wouldn't that be cool? I'll be like, blind as a bat, and I couldn't hear anything. but, but i tell you one thing. I, I still won't be able to keep my hands off her. I'm <laughs> 103. I probably won't see her. I'll probably be like, be like, that's a dog, honey, not me. <laughs> now, why do I say all that, church? It's never too late. I, I don't care where you're at financially. I don't care what your age is. It's never too late. And that's how I'm choosing to see my life. I'm choosing to think about my next 80 years with my wife, God willing. If God willing, I want to do that. And that's what we want to do. Our God is a forgiving God. If you've made some mistakes, it's okay. But now it's time. It's a new season. Let's see what God can do, because it's never too late. Throughout this series, I've been sharing a Bible verse, and I've decided that we're going to do this this week and next week again, because I just think it's so powerful. And it's Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. If you've been here, you've heard this now two times, if you are watching online. I want to share this again with you one more time. When we pray that Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread. He's quoting this scripture. And this is what Jesus says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And again, I want to say it. It's not a sin to be rich. It's not a sin to be poor What we struggle with Is when we forget God And when we dishonor God And so whatever we have No matter where you're at That's where we need to understand We need to honor God And we need to remember We need to recognize the fact That we have to sow to grow You have to sow In order to grow So where do you want to be growing right now? And then you need to start sowing there And the second thing we talked about, what you sow is what you'll grow. If you put corn in the ground, corn's going to grow. Can I just go ahead and say it? If you use credit cards, you're going to get into debt. That's not a wise financial plan. What you sow is what you'll grow. So what are you sowing? Or a better question is to look at what's growing in your life. If you see some things in your life that are growing that you don't like, now is the time to plant some different seeds. But the last thing, again, is so important. We are the sower, we are not the grower. There's so many times in my life where I've tried to take it on myself. And I've tried to be the one that's gonna push it forward. That I'm gonna be the, try to be the one that's gonna make it grow. And it's futile. It, it doesn't matter. God is the one who causes the growth. And if you have trouble with that or struggle with that, my God is faithful. We sing that song, He's never failed me yet. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, God. My God's never failed me yet. Why would He? My God is fruitful. He wants your life to be abundant. One of the reasons why Elaine and I have worked so hard to put ourselves financially where we are is because we want to be as generous as we can possibly be. And I've been saying this too as a church. I believe as a church we want to be generous. I just don't know if we know how. And the more financially sound we can be individually, the more generous we can be as a church. And we did the baby bottle boomerang, and I'll just wanna update you guys. Um, I haven't got the final numbers in yet, but I talked to Rachel this week, and it sounds like they've raised over $6,000 for the Missouri Valley Pregnancy Resource Center. Amen? Amen. Isn't that awesome? How cool would that be? How generous do we wanna be? And Elaine and I, um, we're gonna talk about this next week, but we're, we're thinking about ways, how can we give more? What's more can we give? That's what we can do, because my God is fruitful. He wants us to give exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ever ask for or imagine. My God's forgiving. I know when it comes to finances, I know there's guilt, I know there's shame, and I just want to help you with something. It's gone. It's gone. My God is a forgiving God. He's not mad at you. He's not out to get you, and it says right in His Word, He doesn't even need your money. (laughs) I said if I, needed, if I needed something I just go take it I'm God <laughs> well, when you return to God you're not giving God anything what could we ever give God the guy who owns the universe what am I going to do for him that's like taking Bill Gates out for lunch and thinking I'm doing something important alright Well, <laughs> my God wants us to he values it he appreciates it but he's a forgiving God get rid of the guilt get rid of the shame and just surrender to him Let's pray. God, I think about that lone farmer. and, and, and this time of year, especially in this, this area, we start thinking about that, that springtime uh, planting. Where we start, and we go and we buy the seed and, and we start tuning up the equipment and we start getting ready to plant. God, I believe that with all my heart, that, that this spring is going to be a spring in this community. And there's going to be a lot of seeds that are going to get planted. And as I look around this room, and I know the people who are watching online, and I think about who's in our community, God. I think about the other pastors who are leading their churches right now. God, I'm excited for that. But God, I just pray that we will sow. Because if we want to grow, that's what we need to do. And God, I pray that as we sow, we sow the good seed, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That says there is forgiveness from sin. There is a heaven, there is a hell. There is a right, there is a wrong. And our duty, if we say we believe in you, is to do nothing but make sure every person, every man, woman, and child that we come face to face with know that there is a Jesus who loves them that will forgive them. That their eternity is secure, God. That we would sow that, God, because when we sow that, that's what will grow. I think about Josh in Sibley, Iowa right now, who's sowing seeds, he's sowing seeds. And that's what's gonna be growing. And God, I thank you so much that you're a faithful grower. I thank you that you're a fruitful grower. And I thank you that you're a forgiving grower. And God, I need to ask for your forgiveness when I don't surrender to you and allow you to do the work And that I try to do that myself, God. You've called me to do two things. And every one in this room to sow the seeds and then to harvest. Sow and harvest. And that we would continue to do those things, God, over and over and over again. And this community will never be the same because of the faithfulness of us and because of the growth that you can cause when we're faithful to you. God, I thank you and I praise you and ask all this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. at the Minerva's Convention Center. We also broadcast this time live online from our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, Celebrate Yankton. If you'd like to grow more in your faith, check out one of our life groups that meet throughout the week. For a list of days and times, please visit our website, yankton.church. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and share it with others.